this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Welcome back to coffee number five. Today, I want to talk about something that is very, very close to my heart, and it's writing. As you know, my first degree was in screenwriting. And then over the years, I found myself finding the need to write for different things. And first in Spanish, then transition to English. That's a story for another day, which was really, really hard because I always say that people, you understand cultures when you understand what people laugh about. And it's really hard to, to write for a different culture when you really want to evoke those emotions and you want to connect with people. So it took me many years to first get the courage to do it and then get the skills to do it. Because also we, as the digital industry was growing and growing, I found out that you have to have different skills to write and something that I start calling content by intention and or with intention. And it's something that I always talk with my team that every piece of content that we write needs to be different. I you have blogs, you have direct response, you have social media. Today, I invited Liz Zwatek. Zwatek. Did you did right? a good job. You did okay, a good job. Okay, I, I, yes. I practiced before and I, <laughs> I, 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 I asked someone how to pronounce it and then I do it wrong and I'm like, I need you to say it again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm going to challenge you with mine next time. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yours is challenging too. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, Elise, I mean, she has an incredible career. She is a warrior woman coach and we're going to go uh, and take a deep dive on her career, but also Elise is one of the pioneers of writing for blogging. So Elise, how did you start it? How all started for you? Well, I think a lot of blogs back in the way back days, I'm talking about the early 90s, uh, or not the early 90s, I'm sorry, the early, well, mom blogging anyways, uh, the early 2000s, late 90s, uh, people were mom blogging out of necessity, frankly. We were just desperate for connection. We were were venting. We were like, oh my God, is anyone else doing this (laughs) this way? This is insane. So I started, um, my son actually was born uh, with right arterial thrombosis. So he was born with a set of blood clots in his arm and had to be in the hospital for 52 days. Oh my God. So to say that was unexpected is a, is a understatement. Um, and he almost died. He had a stroke. They wanted to amputate his arm, cut to the boy is 15. He is great. His arm is, you know, it, I wouldn't say it's fully functioning, but guess what? He's got an arm. Uh, and he's great. So, but back in that time, I was desperate. I mean, Laura, I was like, what's going on with me? Can I talk to another mother? Jesus. Yeah. So and I, it's that thing that doesn't happen to someone else. They need to connect with someone that is going through the same or similar things because it's hard and you feel yeah. lonely. Yes. Yes. So I, I told my story. I, you know, went to the day to day, what is my life? And, and, you know, and after a while, you know, you get to know people in the blogging world and some of those mom bloggers are still with me today. They still listen to my podcast. Now they follow me, you know, on LizSwadek.com. They, they, they still are, they're on my social media still. And if I post a picture of my kids, they just about go crazy because they remember when Lana was born 
15 years ago. So it shows you the loyalty. But, you know, back then it definitely was cathartic to write about what was going on and connect with other women, other moms. And it really made me understand. And that's actually why I created uh, the Warrior Moms in the Beginning platform was because I realized moms were craving connection. We just needed each other. And the writing was a way to connect. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is something that I feel in my life that I met a lot of incredible women through motherhood. But at the same time, my life, I also have a professional life and my life was evolving and my relationship were evolving as well because um, it's okay. Yes. That, that happens and they're still in my social media and once in a while we catch up but then I cannot expect to have the same relationships always the same no and things grow and change and that's exactly. the important thing and you know what I've recently just going you know certifying to become a coach I've met all these women in my coaching program which to well, me I is kind of exciting is. Of course it is. I mean, I remember my grandmother going at 80 to the new club and making yes. friends. I mean, I think in stages of your life, you want people who are doing similar things. You want like-minded people. You want to, you know, if you're on a, a new journey of learning something new, you want new people to enjoy the journey with. So it and really you can, makes like sense. Like you said before, you can relate because for example, now I'm an entrepreneur. I have very dear friends, people that I love, even family members, but there are a lot of things that I cannot talk to them because you have to go through this. Yes. Yes. So, they're, uh, so it's okay to have those friends that you can talk about all days and talk about friends that you can talk business and talk shop. It's, it's, so it's true. okay. It's you so don't, true. You don't have, yeah. And it's not safe to tell everyone your dreams. Let's just tell you that. Okay. It's not, it's not safe. No, I, I think it's, it's funny when people are like, let me tell my mom about this thing I'm thinking about doing. I'm like, well, if you have my mother, don't do that. Like, that's not a place to go. My mother is going to shoot it down. She's too afraid. She doesn't want me to do anything new. She's scared. So that's not the person I would tell. I'll, maybe I would tell our mutual friend Rita before yeah. I would tell my mother. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, my mom will be super supportive, but she will have no idea what I'm talking about. Exactly. exactly. Um, so you're in different stages, but my mom will understand all the parts of my fears or my dreams, where they coming from, because she knows me from I was a child and she knows how I was growing and changing as a person. Yes. So that, that's great to know. But I mean, I love that we are bringing these different aspect, aspects of our life and how we are as a woman, because also is a different aspect of how we have to write as a Absolutely. person. Absolutely. And we have to write for engagement. I know that you had a blog, then you also send newsletters. And also you had a marketing agency uh, that your expertise was social media. Yes. and creating engagement. I'm an absolutely believer in storytelling yes. and that you have to connect with people. And I prefer to connect deeply with a few people uh, that they really are going to be my target audience that I don't feel like social media needs to be a popularity contest. I agree. And I also don't like perfectness. I don't like perfection. When people are posting perfect pictures, I am like, I just want to move right on. I, I, there's nothing I want there. So I really believe in storytelling everywhere, really, but social media, especially I use it as like a micro blog. 
You know, I use that as a place to tell a story. I just told a story of my, my daughter. It's the one year anniversary of us spending Christmas last year in the hospital. I know I read that. Yeah, it was. It, and, you know, a lot of people really related to that because a lot of people are getting COVID right now in Christmas. A lot of people are not having the Christmas that they want to yet again. And so when I posted, oh, my God, I'm just feeling all these feelings about one year ago, what we went through and like how hard that was. And I'm getting emotional today. People really were so, I had people DMing me, texting me, commenting because they were like, gosh, Liz, I feel the same way. I feel like last year kind of knocked me on my butt. And this year I'm still not kind of back. And I feel that I feel that. And writing, just like you said, should be intentional and it should evoke emotion. It should evoke some type of emotion. It's great. I mean, now I'm going to show my age. I was remember an episode from Sex and the City that they were talking about the beige friend. We all have those beige friends that they can wear beige and they get never going to get it dirty. I cannot wear beige. I cannot <laughs> wear white. My hair is always going to be a mess. I touch my eyes and my makeup is going to go messy. So my life is not perfect. And I think that how I... Uh, that people need to connect, has that need to connect with imperfection, not with the perfection. The perfection is very early 2000s, that everyone... Yes. <laughs> yes, that is, it's very, very early 2000s that Facebook was showing that your, green, your grass is greener. Yes. And now it's not about competition. Now we realize, especially women, my God, have we not realized that it is about collaboration? That it yes. is about storytelling and also allowing another woman to tell their story. I mean, that's what I do on my podcast and you do it too, is that we provide a space for another woman to tell their story, to tell their feelings, to tell what their experience is. And there's nothing more important than that because we learn from each other through our stories, through our experiences. So the, the writing and the storytelling is paramount. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit, like, for example, I have a lot of people that come to me because I also love to write uh, newsletters and, and to connect people through newsletters. But many people come to me and say, where do you start? How do you start? How do you come up with a title that people will want to read? Yes. What's your process? I know. Well, see, I'm a screenwriter like you. So I, I've, I've been a screenwriter. I've been every type of writer in the world. My God, I've written everything. Um, and I've been writing since I was a kid. That's not everybody. So I understand that. So writing comes naturally to me. I want to just first say same, that. Same here. Because some people, when they, when we talk about this, they're like, oh my God, Laura, I want to die. I cannot write anything. I hate this. Like they, they just want to go crazy, right? So it, when you have a gift, when you have something that you really have been doing since you were a child, it's definitely easier. But the way I do it is inspiration does not come to me the minute I'm sitting down at the computer. That is not when it happens. It happens and you're, you're smiling and shaking your head. I'm smiling and I'm going to show you yeah, how yeah. I, I it process happens, things. It happens in my car. It happens at Target. It happens in the pickup line. It happens in my kitchen. It happens when I go see a, a other art. If I go to an art gallery, if I go to a movie, yeah. if I see a great movie at home, something will come to me. So I wrote my entire keynote speech on the way to go pick up my, my kids at school because some, I saw some, a woman driving in her car and she was really angry. She was super pissed off. She was like cutting people off. And I thought, Ooh, 
Like I was feeling her rage and how unhappy she was. And I was feeling bad for her really. And it, it inspired me to write this whole keynote speech about what we, what thoughts we think and how the thoughts we think are really important because they drive our whole day. And that came to me in the car and I wrote it in the notes section of my yeah. phone and then I perfected I, it later. I, I always say that uh, to write, you need to have triggers. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what I found. So I have in my notes, actually, I have created check marks and I come up with ideas and titles that they're triggers. Then I'll find out, I also believe in trigger words. That's another, another idea that we can discuss about subject lines because subject lines and previews are important. Yes. But everything needs to be a trigger. Yes. If you think, if you think about triggers, you think you then you can process a trigger and analyze it and tell the story behind it. Absolutely. And you never know when the inspiration or where it's going to come from. And sometimes something might seem silly to you, but it brings out a bigger idea, a more universal truth that is that is true. So sometimes you just need to follow. It's almost like, you know, you see a thread coming out. You just got to keep pulling it because it might have a whole dress attached to it. So you got to kind of keep pulling on it. Yeah, and it's, see what comes. it's like the onion that you need to start peeling it. And be aware, you might cry because yeah. at some point it might make you cry and make you make you laugh. You never know where it's going to take it. But you need to be OK to be vulnerable when you're writing something personal. Absolutely. And when you, when you show up like that, you allow another person to show up for themselves. When you reveal, I always say you heal another person because truly, you know, even someone listening to this podcast who is frustrated with writing, or maybe they had a son that was born and was in the hospital a bunch of days when they were born, they're listening to this right now going, Oh, they understand me. You know, it just makes you feel more connected to other people when you actually tell, you know, the truth of what is really going on. And it's, it's being honest is so important. I learned it the hard way. Uh, I was pregnant with my older son. And back then, apparently the tests weren't that accurate. So they told me that there was a very, very high chance that my son was Down syndrome. Oh. Those were the two worst weeks of my life. I was crying permanently. I wasn't eating, which wasn't good for my pregnancy either. But at the same time, I didn't tell a soul. I was with my depression, with my, my life, and I was hiding it. Yeah. From that moment is that if I would have shared what was going on with me, I would have found out that it happened to a lot of people. Yeah. That happened to me with my daughter. Yeah. So, yeah. and so that's for me that so since that day, I learned that maybe you don't want to share it to everyone, but it's important to find your niche or find who your audience, I mean, your audience doesn't need to be thousands of thousands of people. They don't have to be in a platform, but you, you always have an audience. Absolutely. And isolating, I feel like drives people into anxiety. When you yeah. isolate yourself and you don't tell anybody the problems that you're having, that is when I, as I like to call it, you get onto the hamster wheel of death, mm -hmm. where you're just over there with your thoughts, spinning out of control, going crazy because you, 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 you won't tell anybody you're, you're keeping it all in and you're making yourself crazy. So it's it, isolating is the worst thing you can do in those. I, I understand why people want to, because they feel like if they say it out loud, it makes it real. 
but that's not the case. Saying it out loud sometimes dissipates it. If you shine the light in the dark place, guess what? Not so dark anymore. So it really does work. But also depends also for your audience. And that's something that you need to learn how to choose your audience. I always remember that my son was writing something. He's a talented writer, my older son. And he was writing something, I think he was fourth grade and he got in trouble for what he wrote. Mm. And I read the piece and actually I thought it was a good piece. Was a piece for a fourth grader? I don't think so. Was a piece for school? It's dividable. But so it's something that we had to talk that day and say, listen, I, I don't have a problem with what you wrote, but you need to think who was your target audience. And in this case, you had to please the, the school, your teacher, the district. So it's really important that you write thinking who is going to be the listener. Absolutely. You have to know your audience and know what is going to be the difference between things you should and shouldn't be talking about. And also what's going to resonate, frankly, not that you're going to censor yourself, but you're going to make sure that whatever you're doing is going to resonate. So finding who's your audience, I mean, and always the audience in your blog can be different from the audience in your social media. Absolutely. I have, I have very different audiences. I have audience of my podcast. I have the audience on social. I have the audience of my longtime email subscribers. And it is different what I put in, in each different place. But there are some through lines. And I also know the patience that people have. So, you know, I really, as, an, as a veteran uh, stand-up comedian from back in the day, I told you I've had every job in the world. Yes. Um, you know, I, I like to be brief. I'm not going to, you know... <laughs> take forever to get to the point. I really, I tell the story, but I'm brief. I get in, I get out and I've got a good subject line, a good tagline. You know, I know what my points are because I know people are busy and they don't have time to be reading every little thing. So I really am cognizant of that. Yeah. You have to go to the point. Yes. And also remember that you're using the written word and a comma, a period, a semicolons can communicate different things. Yes. Yes. So you need to make sure that that intention that you're putting, that's why I think a lot of people use emojis just to make sure that they're communicating the right message. It's so true. It's so true. We've become, we've become clued into that. And to know that if I put a little like, you know, silly face, everyone knows she's kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I, I hope going to confess this. I hate emojis. I really don't like them. I'm maybe because I'm a veteran from the written world and I think about communicating and people need to just read and get attention from what you're writing. But I do understand that social media goes really fast. So those expressions, those special expressions will make you, uh, people understand or read faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I know what you mean. As, as a, writers who are writers by trade think emotion, you know, they want you to explain versus put an emoji up. So I understand. Exactly. Exactly. Use your, use your writing. Don't do an emoji. I know, right? I mean, I, can, I cannot ex- think of grading papers for my students and them writing an emoji. Uh, that mm-hmm. won't go well with me. No. no. So before we go, Liz, I want to ask you the First, the same questions that I ask everyone in the podcast. I believe that 
women like you or me, we fall and we get up again and we show resilience. And we fall a lot of times and we make mistakes and we own those mistakes. Or we have experiences that they weren't that great, but we're ready to share it with the world so someone else can learn from them. So what is that story, that experience that you think, or that huge mistake that you made that you can teach others from that experience? Well, I mean, this is what the way the universe works. I think the huge mistake that I made, but now I don't think is a mistake anymore, <laughs> was that I've, I've skipped around in my career. I, as I told you, I was an actress, a stand-up comedian. I sold a screenplay. I had a marketing agency. I did social media. I did social media for celebrities. I did luxury marketing. I now have a podcast. And what I've realized now, as I've just certified to be a coach, I've realized I'm taking every single thing I have learned in all of those domains and bringing it all with me to come alongside women and guide them now. So now the thing that seemed kind of like a point of shame, like, wow, I've done so many things. I've changed so much. Now I realize, oh, no, no, no. I'm a serial entrepreneur, which is great. And I have all these experiences, you know, and that's, I think a lot of women have a career that's more like a jungle gym than a straight line. You know, we're all, we're going all over the place and we adapt and change. And so I think my mistake was not understanding how great that really was and, and understanding that that kind of experience is valuable. Totally. And I mean, I don't think it was you. I think it's society. I'm the same as you. And in also being a woman, our age, we have to, to self teach ourselves many things in our careers and at the time that we started. And I had a, a recruiter telling me to, I, I better stay at home and take care of my kids because I will not go anywhere for having all that variety in my background. I mean, ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I think it's great that there are women like you that they embrace that versatility and that and can teach other women, men, and any gender out there uh, how to be you and to get those experiences and bank on them because everything, every experience in your life is worth it. You don't know what experience can take you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. Liz, was it such a pleasure to have you on Coffee Number Five? Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. And Everyone else, I will see you next week. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.